0: Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I am your host, Linda Malone, Certified Conversion Copywriter and Founder of The Copyworks. In this podcast, I interview marketing and copywriting experts on all facets of, well, marketing and copy, with an emphasis on the link between the two with a focus on creating higher conversions in your B2B business. I also include recordings from the other side of the table, where I'm interviewed by the host of other podcasts and short clips of tips from yours truly on copywriting. In short, you'll find something for everyone in the marketing and copywriting B2B world. Let's dig in. My podcast guest today is Sam Dunning. Sam is the co-owner at Web Choice and the host of the Business Growth Show, a podcast that I was recently on of his. So as an SEO expert, we dive into all things search engine optimization. So the things we cover, is SEO still worth it? SEO processes on and off site. Is SEO better than demand gen? And how to turn your website into a lead gen. Machine, including what not to do with your website. So, side note, Sam asked me to challenge him in this interview. So I do, but I have to give you the sweller alert. He's way too nice to push back. <laughs> Let's just jump in. Okay, Sam, I'm so happy to have you on my podcast after all the times of listening to yours and, and watching SEO Man on LinkedIn. So, thanks thank you. For for, yeah, thanks for taking the time. Before we get into the actual questions, can you tell me a little bit about your background? I'm always interested in the backstory of how people end up doing what they're doing. So how'd you get into SEO and website design?
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a funny story, I guess. So my, the quick snapshot of my background is I used to work in retail, which my wife now still does. She's like a store assistant manager. And basically, I hated it. So I I worked in a shop selling cameras for about a year or so and quickly realized that I hated talking face to face to the general public. (laughs) I kind of enjoyed the selling part, but I didn't like the fact that basically everyone gave me abuse, probably because I was a terrible salesperson face to face. (laughs) And eventually I was was talking to my cousin, who's Tom, who's actually a co-owner where I work now at Web Choice, one of the other owners with myself and another guy. And he said, look, Sam, there's this opportunity coming up at a company called WebChoice. This was 10, 11 years ago now as like a project manager stroke junior sales guy. And I was like, great, let's let's do an interview. Did an interview a couple of days later and they basically said, yeah, you can start. So I, I quit that job there. And then the old retail job got into mm-hmm. building websites, didn't really know what SEO was back then and kind of started from the bottom up, really like a bit like a, a jack of all trades kind of thing. So started off doing some project management, communicating with clients, doing some wireframing, so mapping out website builds, doing some sales calls, and just just kind of dabbling in in all ends of the spectrum, really. And over the last, yeah, 11, 10 years or so, I've come and left WebChoice probably about three times until I came back about four or so years ago, started getting more serious about business, became a co-owner at the company, and we've just started scaling up the business quite aggressively, mm-hmm. building up our SEO division, as I've learned more and more about digital marketing, about websites, about B2B. And yeah, we've scaled up our client base, scaled up our knowledge. I started my podcast on marketing business growth show about two and a bit years ago, which has really helped me mm-hmm. in terms of my own success, in terms of the business success, and also learning from people that are way smarter than me at marketing. And that's, that's kind of a quick quick couple of minutes, really, but feel free to, to jump yeah. in if you wish.
0: Well, the SEO part, is that something that you found interesting for a particular reason or was it just something like you kind of fell into and you'd just been doing it?
1: Yeah, I mean, the the short answer is that website builds, they're great, but a lot of businesses, us included, rather selfishly, we need monthly recurring revenue to, to grow, to scale. So we looked at the business where it was. We thought, well, website builds are quite good in terms of what we can offer but often it only leads on to like a maintenance or hosting plan. Just like many B2B SaaS companies, we need a recurring revenue model too. So let's look at SEO. SEO is what we always did at WebChoice to get our inbound because it's our number one source of inbound. So we thought, why not kind of focus on that for clients? So we kind of built up our SEO team internally and then started offering that to clients as it was a great way to say kind of, look, we've built your website. Let's start getting you found on Google, start getting you some traffic, start getting you some inbound leads from Google search to supplement the work we've already done.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. But lately, I've been hearing a lot about how SEO doesn't work anymore. And Where did that start and what's the truth behind that?
1: From from what I can tell, and I'd like to know your take on it as well, Linda, is I think it, from what I can see, is there's a lot of people that are really, really focused on demand generation. So people that kind of think that demand gen is the be-all, end-all, which I think demand gen is great. I mean, we do it ourselves, right? I, I run a podcast just like yourself, um, put out content on LinkedIn, put out video content, build awareness. So demand, gen is the, the pro- uh, rough summary is that you're basically putting out contents so over time. You're building trust in the market for people that aren't ready to buy yet. And then mm-hmm. over time, you'll build up that positioning. They'll build trust in you. So when they do need help, they'll come to you, right? Right. Whereas SEO is the complete other end of the funnel. SEO namely if you want success in SEO you're focusing on people that are actually aware that they've got a problem or aware that they need a solution Mm -hmm. and they're going to Google they're typing in I need help with X or best X provider or CRM provider or best whatever or they're comparing you to competitor because they have high buying intent they type it in on Google if your website comes up in the first page in the first few results chances are they're going to click your website and then request to speak to sales or book a demo whatever that call to action is so I think a lot of people just disregard SEO because they think that demand gen is the be, be-, be- all end. Yeah. I'm not against demand gen. I like it. I yeah. do it. But I think that's creating demand, SEO or paid search as well as capturing the demand. Right. And I think a lot of people forget that doing both, having a multi-channel strategy, having a mix up in your marketing strategy is just a smart move, mm-hmm. especially if you're a business that wants to scale. Why would you not want to create your own demand and capture the demand that's already out there on the market? Right. To me, it just makes sense. I mean, it's certainly not dead because it's our number one revenue source and and a lot of clients and a lot of partners we work with, it's similar.
0: Mm-hmm. The only I thing agree. I would- yeah. yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I love that differentiation because I never really thought about it like that. And it comes down to levels of awareness. Like when, it, as a copywriter- and you know, we talk about you know people who are unaware that they have a problem, and then people who are pain aware is usually where people start looking. But unaware could also be I use the example of some, someone who has a plumbing business. I mean, you don't really think about your plumbing until all of a sudden your house is flooded, and you exactly. go from being unaware to being you know at the upper end of most aware. So what it sounds like you're saying is that you know for. SEO is going to capture the unaware people who maybe all of a sudden need your service as well as pain aware, where demand gen is like, okay, I know, you know, like for me, it's like, oh, people know I'm a copywriter. And so hopefully when they need someone, they'll consider me. So that's a great way to differentiate. You were going to say something else on that.
1: Both things, having a successful business. If you're a marketer, if you're a C-suite, if you're a business owner, ultimately you want to kind of drive a profitable out of revenue and keep scaling your business. And if you do, like you say, demand gen, whether that's having a podcast, whether that's doing video content, whether that's LinkedIn. And then to raise that awareness over time so it positions you as the only choice. And then likewise, if you capture the demand, whereas these people, they might not know about your brand at all yet, but they're literally needing your help because like you said, maybe their house is flooded or maybe their CRM just broke because it overloaded with data and it's not syncing up to their sales, cooling software, whatever that issue is. They urgently need your help. They type it in on Google and then the chances are they can convert on your website. Mm -hmm. But SEO can also help with kind of less higher intent buyers. So we're talking about then capturing high intent buying demand, but it can also equate to people that are at a comparison stage. So maybe they're Mm -hmm. comparing your product against a competitor on the market, i.e. A product versus B product. And then if you've got a useful article on your site that kind of shows the advantages of both and kind of positions you as the leader, maybe they'll inquire you there. Yeah. Or, even higher up the funnel, very early awareness stages where people are searching things like how to do X or best ways to do B or top tips to do Y, which, yeah, that's kind of really, really early in the sales funnel. But if you're providing useful content, maybe someone will sign up for your email series or maybe someone will check out your video channel, or your podcast, and then they're kind of aware of your brand. So then the demand gen can link back to that. So there's there's a lot of ways that SEO can add value to a business.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, so now you're talking about like solution aware where people are comparing and that happens a lot, especially when you have sites like Amazon where they actually literally have these charts. Like here's what you're looking at and here's what all the other ones are out there. You know, But that's, that's B2C more than B2B. But one of the things I wanted to ask, I heard you recently on another podcast and talking about, it was more about website design you were talking about and how, okay. what was important to capture conversions. And you talked okay. about, and I'm, I'm listening, I'm going, okay, he's got to talk about copy at some point he's got to talk about copy and you didn't through the whole hour. Like, no. And so I'm like, okay, this is, I have a bone to pick with you about that. So what, <laughs> what is it? Because the reason I'm asking too, is that I work with web designers and developers and there's almost not a clash, but there is, it's like, they have something in mind. And you did say that, you know, copy is supposed to be, First, before the design, because okay. as you said on this particular interview to can mess up the design. So I mean, how, what, how does copy and website or, or SEO, how, how should they work together? And is it just my imagination mm. that I get pushed back?
1: <laughs> this is a good question, but you're probably right. I probably did neglect it. I was probably trying to squeeze as much as I could into like five minute conversation, probably trying to co- talk about SEO conversion and just it slipped over my head, which does, does sound very much like me, but no, you're, you're completely right. I mean, con copy content is a huge part of a website build. Right. And like you said, it should be ideally, you want to think of it before you do the designs because it might throw out the designs. It might be like you say, the design is trying to squeeze all this illustration this formatting the mobile view the desktop view around it but yeah when you're talking about seo if you can if we're breaking it down in its entirety and you're talking about a website redesign or a fresh website build for a startup whatever position you're in then yeah it's super important because if you're doing things like starting an seo campaign and you've just nailed maybe some of the target keywords or search terms that you want people to actually find your website for Mm -hmm. around your product, around your offering, then actually making sure that the content on your site resonates with that. And is going to be relevant. It's going to be helpful. So if you're talking about your homepage, it's going to give clear messaging on what you do, how you help, how to get in touch. If you're talking about informational service pages, it's going to clearly show the value prop. It's going to show how it solves people's problems. It's going to answer their common questions. It's going to handle their objections, which is not only good from an SEO point of view, it tackles those pain points but it's also good from a user experience because giving people the information they need nice and quick so yeah def- definitely agree that content's a big part
0: well some people will focus so much on design i remember seeing a website from a, it was another copywriter a few years ago and i think she's since changed it it was so animated visually it was like something you know like a movie set i mean it was crazy i don't even remember what the copy was but it had like cans of soda rolling around and the soda had different lo- uh. logos on it and it was involved and I my first thought was that's really cool I want that but then I thought you know yeah. it, it really takes away from the messaging I mean can you do too much in that way with with design that it gets away from you know just it's distracting oh for from sure from the message sure
1: and like when we start first started building websites we had a bad habit which is basically to let the the customer or the client do whatever the heck they wanted with their design like we're talking like nine ten years ago when we just got into it and the problem is that yes you can make a website that looks slick that's got all these mad animations like you mentioned there and looks completely state-of-the-art but then you've got to think do i want my website to look like a picasso like to look like some awesome picture or painting or do i actually want it to generate results for my business I Let's say in the B2B space or the service industry space, most people want their website to generate a steady flow of sales inquiries or leads or demo requests. Right. If your website is focused on looking amazing, like a, looking like a work of art, it might take you away from the fact that the messaging, as you'll, you'll know, Linda, has got to be crystal clear on kind of what you do, how you're going to help them, how you're going to fix their problem, then guide, maybe layer, layer that up with some social proofs some testimonials, accreditations, etc., and then point them to speak to sales. Whereas if you're purely focused on a world-class design that's just crazy, that's really animated, not only is it going to take away from the fact of the actual end result you want, it's going to perhaps deter people because they might get annoyed that they can't find what they're looking for. It might <laughs> slow down your website as well. It might be a yeah. poor load load speed. And it's just, yeah, it's it's, a, it's all about balance, right? Like many things in marketing.
0: Right. Well, what, what do people get wrong as far as like SEO on their website? And the reason I ask this is I was once hired to redo an entire, the copy for an entire website because the, the CEO had hired an SEO copywriter. So it ranked real high up in Google, but the copy itself was very bland, but the, the phrases that they wanted were all over it. I mean, is there right. a way to to incorporate SEO in a more subtle way as far as the copy goes? Like, where can and, you use it so that it has the most impact?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's very situational, right? Like you said, because some sites do rank well, and they're just jammed with target keywords. And keyword stuffing is definitely an outdated practice. It might trick Google for a little bit, but eventually they might kind of downrank or even blacklist your site, which is definitely what you don't want. Or like you said, if a kind of half-sensible person lands on your site, and they can just, they, they're they taken to an information page. So let's go back to your plumbing example. So maybe you need a plumbing help and you type in like plumber near me. You click on their website and it just says, we are plumbers near you. We are helping with plumbing near me and we're plumbing right near you now. And it's like, <laughs> what? This website doesn't even make sense. <laughs> you'll probably think like it's a fake site and just click onto another one. Whereas like many things, like I was talking about before, it's striking a balance, right? So ideally you want someone that's putting together the content. As as you will know, Linda, that's going to be a, So have some kind of expertise in the field that can actually speak some sense on this topic, provide some useful content to the reader, whether that is talking about how they get the job done, talking about how they fix the issue, answering some questions around it, and maybe supplementing that with some infographics some videos, whatever supporting content they want, some statistics, etc. But at the same time, making sure those relevant search terms are incorporated, but not jammed on the page. Yeah. Yeah, so it reads terribly. (laughs)
0: <laughs> did, did you see that funny meme about, I think it was a dentist that the sign on his, the sign in the the name of his dental practice was dentist near me. So that when uh, you. I think <laughs> I have.
1: Yeah. yeah there's some and, good ones like that.
0: That's funny. But yeah, because <laughs> the thing is in people, so you attract people through, you know, Google and then when they get to your site, if they're disappointed, they're going to bounce. So it's, you know, you need to, like you said, have that balance, but what are some ways to get like qualified inbound leads from your site? Like, what is it that you can do with SEO to increase yeah.
1: that? I mean, there's there's a bunch. I guess there's two angles to it, right? It's the, the first is actually attracting the prospects, your target client, to your site. So in SEO essence, that's making sure your website appears on Google, page one organic for the relevant search terms that target clients are actually typing in and finding your services. So... Whether that is like best X provider or company for Y or whatever you want to rank for. And you can use tools like Ahrefs or Semrush or Uber Suggest to help you find relevant search terms or check out what your comp- competition are doing mm-hmm. um, when it comes to doing that research. So there's, and then there's actual kind of on page SEO. So making sure that your website is technically sound so some key things are things like making sure your page speed your website loads nice and quick ideally one second or less making sure it's got a mobile and desktop friendly design and like we talked about earlier making sure your content's relevant you're not trying to jam everything on one to one two or three pages you've got relevant pages for each product each service each location you serve each key feature of your offering if it's split into industries you've got dedicated pages for each industry Maybe you've got a resources hub that has blog articles, that has PR, that has podcast resources. So everything is navigated clearly and structured concisely. So put yourself in your customer's shoes. If they were landing on your site and you're trying to jam everything into one or two landing pages, it's not going to be clear, especially if you offer something that appeals to various demographics and has various levels of service. Mm-hmm. So making sure that's sorted and then off-site. SEO without going in too much depth is things like distributing articles, building backlinks, building up the domain authority. So we can jump into that in more depth if you wish, but that's actually getting the people with high intent on Google to your site. And then the second part of it is converting. So we've we've driven the prospect to the site. Now we need to actually turn that hard-earned visitor, doesn't matter if they've come from Google search, paid search, somewhere else, into a, a qualified opportunity. Right. So yes, a big part of this, again, some mm. of the first things you want to consider page speed, that I mentioned earlier, which is the silent killer of websites, because if your site takes more than a few seconds to load, people are going to bounce off and head to a competitor that gives them a good experience.
0: That seems so short, but I know you've talked about that before, like on LinkedIn. That's really like one to three seconds. Is that the general rule?
1: I recommend one second or close to reason being is because it is a Google ranking factor. And also... I mean, if you put yourself in prospect shoes, I mean, I don't know about yourself, Linda, feel free to correct me. But I'd probably give a site kind of two, three or so seconds to load the homepage. But then if it kept being slow as I flicked through, so if I was trying to look at their services, about page, maybe pricing and eventually contact, it would get quite frustrating until oh, yeah. I was eventually ready. So yeah, it, it's going to put people off. Yeah, And yeah, there's so a page speed straight away. And then messaging we've talked about a bit as soon as someone for example lands on your home or landing page you want to clearly show what it is you do so if if you're stuck on what to use for your headline avoid award-winning then think, don't do what every every other company does yeah try and avoid jargon which i'm sure you you talked about as well in about yeah i don't think you can go too far wrong what your what's your take i mean my if people are unsure what to put their headline. I say, if, if you're not sure at all, clarity is is usually the best route. So literally say exactly what you do, exactly. i.e. we do X to bring Y result, and then you can refine that over time for your headline.
0: Yeah, I talk to, like when I work with a client, I talk to their customers and ideally as many as I can get. And I find out what is, you know, what's the differentiating factor? What's the value yeah. proposition? And for, for SaaS companies, especially, that usually is what you see on their hero section, the the, you know, the big banner on the top. <clears throat> I'm defining because I've had people <laughs> email me. What is the hero section? Yeah. But yeah, so it's the big banner on top and it, it really should say right up front. Like, it's interesting because moving into this new house that we have, we got a postcard the other day. And in fact, I'm thinking of breaking it down on LinkedIn because it's so interesting. I couldn't tell what they were trying to sell me. It had a table that was nicely set. The name of the business was in French or something. And it looked like, I couldn't tell if it was a food delivery service, if it was, if they sold like a Williams-Sonoma sort of thing. And I got on their website, still couldn't tell. And it seems like they're successful. I mean, I think businesses can be successful in spite of themselves if they're well-known enough. But yeah, I agree that, I mean, you need to right out of the gate, tell people what you do. It turned out, I think they sell, I still am not sure, kitchen furnishings, like dishes. Okay, I don't yeah, know, Yeah, but yeah. yeah. It's it's an important thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Because if you're driving people that have never heard of your brand before, ultimately you want to kind of clearly demonstrate straight away how you're going to be a, what you do and how it's going to help them. Um, mm-hmm. And then a couple other kind of key key points on the conversion point is having that main call to actions the main thing you want people to take above the fold, right. so before someone scrolls, whether that's learn more, book a demo, view our work, view our portfolio, etc. Maybe mm-hmm. you've got two two call-to-actions to view the work, view the, or contact sales. So giving people the option if they are ready to inquire to do it fast. And whilst we're on that note, menu nav, I mean, this is a basic one, but having your main call-to-action top right or, or stuck at least in your menu navigation. So no matter when people scroll, your menu nav is sticky. It's fixed to the top of your site. So when mm-hmm. people scroll down, they can easily click to kind of book that consult call or whatever your main call-to-action is. And then what you'll find is, not many people on on pages of websites actually always scroll to the bottom, so once you've done your value prop and your hero and your banner area and you've had your call to action, you probably want to layer some social proof quite quickly right. to build some trust. So whether that is having like a testimonials section, whether that is showing who you're accredited with, whether that is a customer interview video with results you've brought or something like that kind of smash people over the head with some proof that you can do what you're claiming quite quickly because not everyone goes scrolls down right the way to the bottom. And some people kind of put their testimonials right at the bottom of the site, which is almost a risk because yeah. it doesn't often happen that people scroll that far. So that, that's a couple of things straight on the home page. And then from my experience, and feel free to kind of call me up on other, other industries if you want, but for most kind of B2B or SaaS providers and stuff like that, people that are offering some kind of service or some kind of software, and the main goal is to drive leads through the site. Then some of the main most important pages on the, on the website at home about us, usually the service pages, mm-hmm. pricing, maybe work or results or case studies, and then the contact or the demo page. So yeah, let considering those pages are quite important and making sure everything is, is clearly sharing kind of what you do, the problems you solve, how you help answering common questions which you talked about just now. So if there's common questions that you get on a certain topic on sales calls, then leveraging those on the page itself is always useful because it's going to save your sales team time. And it's also mm-hmm. going to perhaps give people the information they need to be in order to then contact you or handle their objection. Um, don't be afraid to, if you are a service or software provider or anything similar, don't be afraid to show your pricing because you might get, the reason being is a lot of people are scared a lot of businesses are scared to show pricing because it they think they'll get less leads which is actually true because less people want to speak to sales but it's good because it helps qualify prospects. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know about you but I'd rather speak to people that can afford my stuff rather than have a 20 minute <laughs> convo with someone that can never ever afford to work with me.
0: Yeah. No, I love wasting my time. No. <laughs> no, I have I have pricing on my page even though I do a lot of custom you know, sort of work, but at least to give people an idea of what to expect because copywriters, you know, pricing is all over the place. I'm sort of in the middle sure. as far as my sure. pricing, but I don't want because it, it's happened enough times. I'm sure with you too, you know, people get on the phone with you and, and even though they don't say anything, when you talk about price, you never hear from them and you know, that's what it is, you know? So why not just, you know, be upfront? So I agree with that. One last question. So what do you think, or what is the biggest frustration for you when like something you see over and over again that people do either with SEO or their website aside from what you've already <laughs> talked about is there anything there's, else like,
1: yeah oh yeah there's there's loads I mean I've literally got a list of probably a <laughs> 100 points but something that I should have mentioned earlier is probably one of my biggest issues let's do one for SEO and one for websites I mean the okay. biggest issue for websites for me is when people design it over what they personally think looks great so uh,
0: ego and yeah
1: and like I say yeah they, they design it for ego which is a killer for most marketing things doesn't matter if it's your website ads offline advertising etc so really drilling down into which as you talked about earlier on customer research for content drilling down to what your kind of target clients actually care about so if you've got a website already why not take five of your best five to seven of your best current customers and say look can you do you mind sitting down with me for five minutes ten minutes whatever going through the existing site let me know what you think works well what you think's missing, mm-hmm. which is important. Because mm-hmm. um, that's when they might bring up things like, oh, I would have liked idea. to see pricing or case studies or certain mm-hmm. results. What you think can be improved or it's not detailed enough. And just getting those, those key points really on what they think needs work. And also ask them if you, if you can interview prospective customers, perhaps people that you've not yet done business with, which is a little bit more difficult, I appreciate. So that's when you want to leverage your network or offer people some kind of incentive to chat with you. Now, if you can understand things about what they target clients care most about when viewing a vendor in your category's website, that's really, really useful. Like from my interviews I've done, that's why I know those kind of key pages home about services, kind of portfolio results and pricing Mm -hmm. and contact are really important. So if you can know the main pages that people want to see, if you can understand what they actually want to see on them, whether that is like customer video interviews, whether that's getting your messaging right, whether that is some kind of other social proof or. Another way to contact you, so perhaps you've limited your contact options just to a calendar, and maybe people would rather give you a call right here and now, or maybe people Mm -hmm. would rather speak to you on email. So understanding what they actually want to see on your website, and then once you've got the feedback, leveraging the common things that are said, leveraging the patterns, and then building that into your website. But webs, with that said, customer research is great, but a website is never the finished article, right? There's always little tweaks and changes to your content, your design, your pages that you do. And that's when you can leverage things like analytics and heat map tools and a lot, lots of other little things to improve your session mm-hmm. times and conversion rates. So it's never ending, but those are some basics.
0: Okay. And, and SEO, is that included in the SEO?
1: Web? Yeah. So SEO, probably one of the most things, frustrating yeah. things is when, I think I said this the other day on LinkedIn actually, but when website companies, or website agencies say that a website is fully SEOed. Just because they installed a plugin like Yoast on WordPress or something similar. I wish it was that simple. And unless you're in a super niche industry, like selling secondhand bikes in the Southeast region of Texas, and that's your target keyword, you're probably not (laughs) going to rank on Google because there's a lot more that goes into SEO, like I talked about earlier. So doing a keyword research, your on-site work, your off-site work, your link building. Sadly, there's a lot more that goes into it than just installing a plugin or putting a few words on a page. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's why you get clients, because you have people like me. who The only thing I know about SEO is that there's keywords I should have on my site, and that's where it begins and ends. And I never oh, yeah. seem to have them have enough, according to my website person. But then you're yeah. great at
1: copy and I'm, I'm not that good at writing, so swings and <laughs> roundabouts.
0: So, yeah, you have to work with your strengths. You know, that's the thing. So how about three SEO tips? Like, since that's really, you know, that's something like I, I would like to know personally. So I figured maybe there's other people like... If if you're looking at your website and you're thinking, okay, I need to rank higher on Google, what are things like maybe three things you can do right away?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So three three things you can do right now is first and foremost think about the, what you actually want to get business. So make a list of perhaps the main services you offer, what you actually want to get business for, and whether that is whether you're a service based business. So perhaps in your case, Linda, like you do copywriting for SaaS companies, right?
0: Just general B two B small business.
1: Yeah, okay. Which I so should find
0: better, but
1: for Okay, now. gotcha. So in your case, it might be something like um, B2B copywriters for small business. Might be one target search term as just off the top of my head. So making a, a list of those kind of relevant search terms to what you actually want people to find you for. And then, then you can use a tool like I talked about earlier. So something like Ahrefs, SEMrush, Ubersuggest. That can tell you the competitiveness of them. It can also give you similar search terms. There's another site called Ask the Public, which oh, is I've really cool. That- yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good for content writing, right? I um, think it's
0: answer the public, isn't it?
1: That's the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the one. I use
0: it. I use it. I like it.
1: Yeah, that's good. I use that for podcast ideas as well. Um, oh, is cool. That kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's quite a cool one. So you can type in search phrases there and it gives you a bunch of other alternatives. So those kind of tools and to do some research on what search terms are going to be relevant, what your competitors are doing. And then once you've made a list, so say if you're a small business, maybe you'll do a list of 10 target search terms. Then you need to make sure your rep- website is relevant for those. Because you don't want to send everyone to your homepage for certain search terms. Because if I'm searching for, I don't know, copywriting tips or a detailed amount of information on how you're going to help me with my small business copywriting, your homepage might not have that. Mm -hmm. Whereas you've had a service tab, and then under that service tab, you help. You say, one of my industries I service small business. That's going to be a lot more relevant because it'll say, look, this is typically the pain points small business have this is how we help them. These are the common questions they have. Here's a customer interview of a small business we recently helped. I and mean, here's the increase in results that we got for them. That's a lot more actionable, a lot more helpful, a lot more detailed. Then you can Google that keyword. You can see what your competitors are doing on their information pages right now. You can see how many words they've used. You can see how detailed their copy is, and you can look for angles, ways in that you can one-up them. So let's say some your competitor that's the no- number one organic result right now has got maybe 500 words. They've got a couple of questions and that's about it. Okay, mm-hmm. let's try and add some more depth to it. Let's try and cover some angles that they haven't. Let's try and answer some questions. That I get quite a lot from my customers. Let's leverage it with some testimonials and let's just beef up what they've got already. Mm-hmm. That's the second tip. And then after that, this is all on-page SEO stuff. After that, then yeah, if you have got a WordPress site, you can install a plugin like Yoast and you can start doing things like adding page titles adding meta t- titles and descriptions, which is the result that's shown on the, the search engines, doing other technical SEO points and making sure your website is mobile friendly, making sure it loads nice and quick, making sure you have got that menu structure navigation like we talked about. Also making sure your website's got a sitemap. So doing those basic on-page SEO things and just making sure your website is ultimately going to give people a good experience and give them the information they need nice and quick. And then of course, yeah. supplementing that with call to actions. So if people do want to speak to sales, they can. And then I guess the final tip is doing a little bit of off-page SEO. So one free way to build decent backlinks for your site is to actually guest on podcasts. And there's a really sneaky way that you can do that is you can go onto a site called chartable. I think it's chartable.com and there's a bunch of other similar sites. You can then go onto chartable. You can click onto the category that you want or the country you want first, choose a category my case, marketing, I don't know if there's a category for content, not sure, but there's basically categories around almost every industry. View the top 100 podcast results, and then check which podcasts accept guests. Tailored outreach to, say, the top 50. Connect with them on LinkedIn. Send them a nice personalized email, like recently listened to your episode on X. Really enjoyed A and B. Would love to be a guest and share this on there. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will accept. You might have to email them a couple of times or reach out a couple of times once you do the show you do a great show you provide tips you do a bit of pr at the end you say look you can catch them on this so it boosts your pr and then you ask them to do an article page on their website for you which promotes the page and you say look can you give me a backlink to this page this is a page i'm trying to rank at the moment for this particular service most people say yes oh it's a nice nice free way to get a quality backlink to your site and also get get an email
0: from me Expect an email. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That was more than three tips. That was more like 30 tips. So I appreciate it. <laughs> it's a lot no of words. great, great action, action taking. So where can people find you and what you're on LinkedIn and where else?
1: Yeah. 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 So connect me on LinkedIn. It's Sam Dunning, share website and SEO tips most days. Otherwise you've got the podcast business growth show marketing podcast where I share solo episodes and interview guests on marketing categories, marketing just like this podcast, and also I do my own solo website and SEO tip guides. Otherwise, um, if you're perhaps a marketer or a business owner that's tired of seeing your competitors ahead of you on Google every time you search for your main product or offering, or maybe you're investing in marketing already, but your website is failing to convert those hard-earned visitors into a steady flow of qualified sales leads, then Our website is webchoiceuk.com. We'd be happy to chat and see if we can help you.
0: Great. All right. Thanks so much, Sam. I really appreciate it. It's been a great, great talking to you.
1: Thank you for having me, Linda.
0: Okay. So that wraps up today's episode. I hope you found it valuable. And if you did and you enjoyed it, please be sure to share it with friends and business associates who may find it of interest as well. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to follow me on LinkedIn, or you can reach out to me through my website at thecopyworks.com and we'll talk to you soon.